you for listening to the Healthy Project Podcast with your host, Corey Dion Lewis, primary care health coach and health education specialist. You will learn from health professionals from all over the world on how to plan and take action to improve your health and live with purpose on purpose. Like to work one-on-one with Corey to achieve your goals? Go to healthcoachlou.com or email Corey at Corey at healthcoachlou.com. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Project Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Dion Lewis. I got a special guest in the building today, uh, CEO of Community Health Centers of Arkansas, LaShannon Spencer. LaShannon, thank you so much for being on. Corey, um, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and to be with you um, on this afternoon to really just talk about healthcare and just, you know, the latest issues of, of what's going on uh, in the world today. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know you're you're super busy and, and there's, a, there's a lot going on, but I really wanted to talk to you. Well, first, before we get into the conversation, sure. um, how about we let the audience know a little bit about yourself, you know, um, and, and how you got started in, in this field? So again, my, as, as you stated, my name is LaShannon Spencer. I am the CEO for Community Health Centers of Arkansas. And Community Health Centers of Arkansas is a not-for-profit organization, and we serve as the voice for the health centers here within the state. And how I actually got started, um, Corey, which to believe it or not, um, I went to school to be a news anchor. I went to school in undergrad in, in Columbia, Missouri. But as a kid, I had some healthcare challenges um, at a very, very early age. And so often I don't um, share my story, but I, I will share my story with you. At the age of 12, I was diagnosed with severe endometriosis. Went to several physicians um, that actually looked like me. Uh, but then my mother, um, you know, my family, uh, father, you know, they knew that something was really wrong and we found a specialist. And so Dr. Orman Simmons with Cornerstone Clinic for Women in Little Rock, Arkansas, was truly a blessing in my life um, and in more ways than one. And he often joked with me and, you know, he used me as a case study. Because back in those days, you never heard of a young Black female having severe endometriosis at such an early age. So again, I was a case study, but he also prayed with me. And um, he just provided that patient interaction that I will always remember, that I'm always thankful and always blessed to have received um, back then. And I apologize, I'm having some camera issues, but I just thank, um, thank God for Dr. Orman Simmons because wow. he talked to me as that patient and not necessarily to my mother. So back um, in the mid eighties, he understood the value of that provider patient engagement interaction. Um, so I credit to Dr. Orman Simmons, even though I still, you know, journalism degree, pursued my uh, my passion thinking that, oh, I wanted to be another beautiful uh, face um, across that television, but I had an epiphany and just my second master's actually led to some legislation and really looking at dental, dental care and just Medicaid, the lack of Medicaid providers to accept 
medicate patients. And so just really started digging in and just became more excited and more passionate about health equity and health disparities that continue to plague so many communities. And so I've just grown professionally and just been very blessed to to be able to serve in some key um, leadership roles with some outstanding organizations. Wow. So I, I can only I can only imagine that your your experience and your ability to, com- to communicate has really, really benefited you where you're at right now. Absolutely. Communication um, is so key in addressing people at their level. And so they're able to understand the message. I always think about the health literacy um, mm, and just making absolutely. sure that information is simple and simplistic. Um, in terms so that third grader or eighth grader would be able to understand what you're actually articulating or what's written. And so written is just as much as important as what's spoken. Absolutely. And so uh, here I am, Community Health Centers of Arkansas. And and Corey, most people are not aware of what a community health center is and actually just the movement of community health centers overall and, and across the United States. But it was because of Dr. Jack Geiger and what Dr. Jack Geiger did. He's the father of community health and what he did to really impact and took health centers and made it his mission to make sure that the most vulnerable in the United States. And he really started and looked at Delta areas in Mississippi and also in um, Boston, Massachusetts. So Uh, There is rich history about community health center movement across the United States. And thanks to Dr. Jack Geiger. Right. And this was a part of the civil rights movement, right? Right. Like this this creation. It it was a part of uh, the civil rights movement. And again, he was the father, you know, here most people would say social medicine, but he knew the significance of being healthy and having healthy communities and how that tie into the economic development economic opportunity, not only just for individuals, but also the economic viability of communities just as well. For some people who don't really, like you said, don't really understand what a community health center is, is there a difference between, or what is the difference between a community health center and someone just going to the ho- to a, to a hospital? So a hospital is when I, when, you know, when people say, oh, I'm going to the hospital, yeah. that's, an emer- that's emergency. Community health center, it's more of that primary preventive care before you actually go to the hospital. And I think so often people don't understand the significance of having a patient-centered medical home or also having a PCP and not allowing that emergency room to be your doctor that you regularly go and see. Because somehow your insurance company is paying for the state is paying or it's being paid for some way, but that hospital can only triage you and provide you so much care to where you need to really have a primary care provider. So community health centers across the U.S. actually provide prime, mainly set up. It was set up to actually provide primary care services. But today, so many community health centers provide primary dental, mental vision, and behavior health services, and other enabling services that sometimes that are often referred to as social services. And when I say social services, that includes uh, case managers, social workers, um, health coaches, transportation services, really addressing that holistic care 
of that patient. The, w- the way I like to like to talk about it, LaShannon, Le- is it's you have a you have a care team. Like you just don't have your your doctor or your, your primary care doctor. But if you're having trouble with behavior change or weight loss, you can see a health coach. If you need other services that you don't know where to go, you have your case manager and you have your mental health services. There's so many things. Why do you feel like one, a lot of people aren't really educated on community health centers or it has this, I feel like there, there's like a somewhat of a stigma behind a community health center. There's a stigma because most people assume that it's a free clinic. Mm-hmm. And let, let me just yeah. go back. And you made a very good point. You talked about team-based care. One, one key um, that that health coach or that community um, health worker actually listens to that pharmacist is a part of the equation just as well. And so just because of that pharmacist within the community health center is making sure that the right medication and all those individuals are talking to each other to ensure that they're providing the best potential care for you for a better outcome. And so just, just looking at it from that perspective. And if you're just going to the emergency room, you can't sync all of that together. Correct. And so that's why just that patient-centered medical home is so key within a community health center. Yeah. So you said, LaShannon, you know, there's this perceived stigma and it goes back to, as I was stating, a free clinic. Well, community health center, they're governed by a board. It's a volunteer board, but they also have so many standards that they must adhere to by the federal government. So you know, there are checks when it comes to quality scores. There are checks that they must meet. There are checks from a governance perspective that they must meet. They're held to a higher um, standard than some of your solo practitioners. They have to have electronic health record so patients can actually access um, their medical records. There are certain requirements that the federal government requires health centers to have, and their staff with board certified physicians and clinicians. And so, you know, most people think, oh, they're not board certified or they don't have qualified staff. Well, I challenge you. And, and that's not the case. Probably some of the, the best doctors. You the can most best doctors, to. the most compassionate doctors, the most mission driven physicians, clinicians that really want to see uh, their patients improve. Um, not only just the, their patients, but um, family members of that patient just as well. When you took on this role as the CEO of the community health centers in Arkansas, did you have a mission in your mind or what, what was your thought process of when you took this role and what you wanted to do to improve anything or just keep things going well? So what I had in mind was one, to make everyone aware of what a community health center is. Mm. And so um, whether it was communities in rural and urban, that was my mission because so many people still do not have a primary care provider. And I wanted to educate the multiple stakeholders, our elected officials about the quality of care that's actually produced or delivered from a community health center. And so looking at the data, being able to show the data 
matched against national data and the great quality of work that's being delivered. So just really showing the value proposition of health centers here in the state of Arkansas has definitely been a priority for me, but also addressing just the health equity. And when I say health equity, making sure that everyone has access to quality health care, regardless of um, what path, what their background may be, just everyone, rural, urban, black, white, young, old, gay, lesbian, every single person, because healthcare, it's not one shoe fits all. It's different. And so you have to look at it from that perspective. Absolutely. If it's okay with you, if we could continue that conversation with health equity, because I, I know you hear it a lot and you hear people say, we need health equity. Okay. We can all agree on that, but um, what's the solution? You know, what, what are things that your primary care provider or professionals like myself or just your everyday person, what can be done to see, to Im- improve the health equity in these diff- in these communities that are, are struggling? So one, we must realize there is a problem and it just did not happen. You know, we really started hearing about health equity because of COVID. And right. so that's what really prompted um, to the forefront. But inequities in, within the healthcare system has existed for a number of years. And a lot of the inequities has actually left some trauma, historical trauma, on a lot of uh, different communities uh, across the United States. And so we see that every day. So when you're talking about looking at the lens from a health equity, it is my belief that we really need to pay attention to the data, um, quantitative and qualitative analysis of how do we really address health equity, and it's going to vary uh, geographical areas because we do not have the same access to certain services or certain resources or certain programs. And so we have to be mindful and address it at the lowest level in order to be able to fondle it up to a a larger approach and a larger systematic approach, if that uh, makes sense to you. Right, right. Addressing it and and understanding that it might there's not just one simple solution. It's not. And so and it also, you know, when you start thinking about health equity and, you know, just someone that lives in a rural community versus an urban community, just sometimes the infrastructure of different communities does not afford the opportunity for individuals to be able to walk into um, their neighborhood or just walk because they don't have built in sidewalks. And so we often don't think about um, health equity from an infrastructure perspective, from a community perspective. I think that community health centers can really play a huge role in social determinants of health and in, in that in that solution. Would you would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, and you know, uh, community health centers have be actually been on the forefront yeah. of addressing social determinants of health. And it goes back to Dr. Jack Geiger looking at transportation issues, looking at housing issues, just looking at just the health outcome issues, looking at dental issues and even mental health issues as well. And so knowing the different facets that we need from a healthcare perspective, community health centers has, has done a very good job. And when I say transportation, you have some health centers that actually will go and actually pick up their patients 
if they reside in a rural community and actually bring them to the health center for care. And if they don't actually have a specialist within their community, sometimes you'll often find community health centers transporting their patients to see specialists or to go to a larger academic medical institution that they actually have that partnership with. So community health centers really address not only just that that care delivery, but they also look at the social determinants of health that really impacts that individual from being able to live a healthy and productive life as well. I, I want to get get more into uh, prevention because you brought up something before talking about how all these services play a part in prevention. You know, your your PCP, your community health worker, things like that are those different kind of professionals. You know, what are some things that people should do if they don't have if they don't have a PCP right now? Uh, what should somebody do? Start really thinking hard about preventative their preventative care first step they should take? Well, first of all, they should, I encourage them to actually call a community health center. You know, there's a community health center in every state and there's a community health center near you. And community health center sees patients regardless of their ability to pay. And so there's no reason why um, an individual within the United States should not have access to a PCP nor have a PCP or community health center as their patient center medical home. But one thing that people can do is start living a a healthy lifestyle, and that's by just proper food choices and making better food selection. You know, I I think about the cost of, you know, drive-through restaurants. Their prices are going up. Well, most people, when you start buying, um, you know, a, a value meal, that's one value meal. That's eight to nine dollars a value meal. Just think about what you can do and how you can actually spend that eight or nine dollars within a grocery store. Think about the dozen of eggs and how you use eggs and the pro. You know, egg is a protein and it's good for you. It's a protein, yeah. And so, you know, just that dozen of eggs or how many eggs you the quantity you may purchase. Think about milk. But think about um, the frozen vegetables and you don't necessarily always have to have meat. You can get your protein in and you can get full off of other things besides meat that you can actually spend. That's less than eight or nine dollars. I'm not talking about your Roman noodles (laughs) because of the sodium within Roman noodles. I'm talking about things that are actually good for your health in order to um, keep you healthy and, and, and live in a, a, a long life. There's this mental thing we have to separate from what's healthy is expensive. Like there's this, this mental break we got to get, got to get rid of because yes, it, there, I mean, there is some truth to that too. I mean, there are some foods that are he- healthy that are super expensive. Yes. If you go to whole foods and you know, you can get, you know, a bushel of apples for $20 or whatever I've, I've never shopped at Whole Foods. I don't know how much it costs. I just know that. Not, not twenty dollars. Not twenty dollars, Corey. But yes, I. I. <laughs> <laughs> not twenty, but it's expensive. And, and for somebody who, for that person who's deciding, should I get this box of uh, you know Roman noodles or something healthy? I can I can you know sympathize with with that if they're on a on a budget. But you, I think you got to be more creative with your food budget or your grocery lists, because like you said, there are things you can do that you can get a, 
a bag of frozen strawberries. It doesn't have to be fresh strawberries. Frozen strawberries are are great, you know, and you can get a lot more and it's cheaper. And like you said, the e- a, a dozen eggs, like what, a dollar and some change? You know, you know what I mean? So we've got, we have to break away from this healthy is expensive and I can't afford it. That and that's I hear that hear it so much. Oh, it's that's, too expensive. I can't afford it. That's behavior change. And yeah. one more thing, you can actually tell by someone's skin if they drink plenty of water. And most people, water is free. And just the amount of water that's needed for our bodies, we need water. But so often, you know, we'll go and get that sugary drink. Not saying anything's wrong with that sugary drink, but we need to make sure that we drink our um, enough water a day because that's a part of us being um, healthy just as well. Absolutely. You know, I know people, one of the first things I say to somebody, if they're complaining about a headache, well, last time you had some water, you, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or if they don't have enough energy, oh, I need to take a nap or I need some more coffee. Well, have you had water today? Because right. it plays such a huge role in our body. It does. It plays such a huge role. That's, that's And great. I know your listeners may not like this, but just from, a, it's nothing like drinking a glass of water when you wake up in the morning. And just flushing out the toxin uh, in your system. Absolutely. Just to get your day started. And so most people don't like to hear, um, you know, you can really look at someone's bowel movements and really tell how much water that they're <laughs> yeah. actually drinking. And that's just a part of, of being healthy just as well. It's important to be regular and to drink plenty of water. Absolutely. Uh, LaShannon, I had a, I had a guest on my podcast. This was months ago. She's a gut health coach. She focuses on gut health and she talked about, you know, having a a glass of water right away in the morning. And if you're, if you're fancy, have some lemon in there, because that, that also helps with your energy levels and things like that. And I tell you what, man, it, I can tell a, a huge difference from when I'm getting enough water in my diet and when I'm not, or if I have that lemon in there, I can tell the difference. That's, that's, that's great information. So I use, you talked about, I'm I'm really curious about um, the medical health homes because in in the community health center that I work at, um, we had it and then we didn't, I I always heard how important it was and the significance of it. Can you explain that uh, to the viewers? You know, what is a a medical health home and and what's the importance of it? A medical health home, it's a distinction that the organization has actually garnered by a governing um, healthcare uh, entity. And it's that certification that, that puts that stamp of approval from a team-based care of delivery. That patient-centered medical home, that's exactly what that means. You know, your care is being delivered to you from a team-based mm. person. And so they're delivering and they're providing those services and the team base. And so there's different checks and balances that actually are, are occurring. Oh, gotcha. To you receiving um, the services within that facility. Oh, gotcha. That's, that's great. That's great. So during, during this pandemic, and I, I know as, as the leader of your organization, you've been pretty, pretty busy, you know, how are you, how are you holding up? How are you keeping your, uh, your mental health sharp during this time? Corey, I've actually had to see a cardiologist uh, during this time uh, because so often 
you know, we get busy and things happen and our work schedules increase, we neglect self-care. And so, yeah, you're going, you know, you have a doctor or, you know, you're that primary care, but you have to think, how are you actually impacting or causing triggers that could potentially hurt you in the long run? And so I was going to bed late, waking up early, having different calls, trying to, again, advocate for health centers here in the state of Arkansas. Well, I was neglecting care to just simply take a walk um, 15 to 20 minutes a day just to breathe in the air to replenish or just get the air within my lung. And so my blood pressure, 197 over 99. And for those that know, that's pretty high. And so I had to actually watch. I first went to my PCP and I had that great relationship with my PCP. And my PCP sat me down and he says, it's stress related. I'm not going to prescribe you anything because it's stress related. Your prescription is for you to walk 30 minutes a day. After walking, come back, sit into a seat, just sit and relax and see if your blood pressure goes down. I did that for two weeks straight. Then I stopped because I would go back to focusing on work. The moment that I stopped exercising or just simply just walking, blood pressure went back up. So I know and I've recognized the significance and the importance of self-care and just making sure that I have a wellness treatment for me. And that wellness treatment may be sitting and just breathing in and out. And it doesn't cost me a gym membership. But accepting my own responsibility of just making sure that I get the necessary steps in, that I'm drinking plenty of water, plenty of water, and not living off of coffee, but plenty of water to replenish me. Because you need water to help replenish you, but also to just exercise. And the moment that I started doing that, Corey, my blood pressure started decreasing, started my heart just started triggering and just felt like I was having panic attacks. And that's what caused me to go to my cardiologist. But again, I have that relationship with my cardiologist. LaShannon, sit down. Let's talk about what does your daily routine look like? And it was my cardiologist that said, I don't need to see you again, but I need to see you in six months to make sure that you come and sit here in this seat so I can know that my patient is okay. And so it's been good to be able to have physicians that knows their patient and know the prescription that their patient actually need with everything that's going on, not just in my life, but just in the world today and all the stress that we're having to deal with because of COVID. Self-care. I I think that's so important. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're doing better. I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. First of all, one, what I got from that LaShannon is it doesn't take much to improve your your health, right? Like you had high blood pressure, you're you're working, you're you're you have a, you're in a caring profession, you're a helping profession, you're trying to you know help the people of your community, but you weren't helping yourself. But it just takes you sitting down, drinking water, just simple things to get you back to sink you back up where you needed to be. That that's amazing, and and kind of going back to what you're talking about with your providers, 
that's why I think that that's where a lot of the beauty is with working with a primary care clinic or within a care community, because you're just not a person to them. They know you, they know how you are and know what you do. So you have that rapport and that relationship that they can, they can provide the best care for you than if you were just seeing them here and there or going to the emergency room and whatever the case may be that I think people don't realize that relationship is a huge part of your care. It, it is. And having and making sure you have a provider that you can connect with, not only connect with, but communicate with. And when I say connect with, it's not a matter of status, but just being able to establish that relationship to where he know he or she knows the different triggers that may potentially impact you becoming healthy and whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, LaShannon, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, I really appreciated learning, you know, so much more about what you're doing in Arkansas about community health centers, even though I work for one, I know a lot about it already, but it's good to learn more about other areas. For sure. You know, Corey, most people don't. And so it is my hope that your listening audience will become familiar with a community health center um, because of the great services that's actually delivered um, and performed by a community health center across the U.S. Absolutely. If if people wanted to, you know, learn more about you or get in contact and with you, you know, where, where can they find you at? You know, I'm on LinkedIn when you, um, I'll make sure that potentially you can display my information just as well. Um, I'm always available. Um, Healthcare is my passion. And so I'm here to help individuals navigate, um, be a listening voice, or just help address any issues that they may actually have. Awesome. Well, Shannon, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciated it. Uh, And everyone, thank you for listening to the Healthy Project Podcast. I'll holler at you next time. love this episode of the healthy project podcast head over to itunes to subscribe rate and leave a review it's very much appreciated be sure to visit www.healthcoachlou.com to join the community newsletter access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content